and that sound became a worldwide phenomenon. This episode is brought to you by Veridesk. Veridesk makes office furniture simple. Seriously. Everyone probably knows their height adjustable stand-up desk. I use it every day in my video production business. It was really the first step to create a happier, healthier me because I was sitting all the time, losing circulation, and standing up just feels a lot healthier. Today, Veridesk has a full line of furniture and accessories for the office or the classroom, and they make it easy to order, assemble, and change around as you need it. You really gotta check them out. Just go to veridesk.com forward slash behind the brand and take a look. Hi, I'm Brian Elliott. Welcome to another edition of Behind the Brand. Today I'm here with world-renowned dog behavioralist and entrepreneur Cesar Milan. Cesar, welcome to the show. Thank you and welcome to the ranch. My pleasure. Thanks for having us out. Thank you. So I typically ask my guests, how did you get this job? How do I get the funny? You're absolutely asking the right question because when I declared what I wanted to be, it was nothing to do with training people or rehabilitating dogs. What did you want to be? I wanted to be the best dog trainer in the world. You know, after watching Last Seen Rin Tin Tin back in Mexico, I wanted to be a dog trainer. You know, what I do now is I train people and rehabilitate dogs. That's yeah. why I opened the Dog Psychology Center. So that was my story in that part. I love that philosophy, by the way, and I want to unpack that just a little bit more as we talk about some of the programs and some of the um, TV shows that you've done and are doing now. It's amazing. You're training people, not dogs. Well, it's, you know, as an immigrant, uh, one of the psychologies that we have or, or the understanding that we have like programming us is to find a job where you need it. Yeah. Right? So as an immigrant, you don't take somebody's job. You, you just take an opportunity or position that is empty. So when I saw the America had a lot of dog trainers, but it never had a human trainer that can help them understand how to be with a dog from a natural perspective. Yeah. Because, you know, America humanizes dogs. Yeah. So they change the identity of a dog, therefore the dog develops psychological problems, and that's what people call aggression, anxiety, fear, nervousness. So I said, okay, so there is an opportunity here that has nothing to do with training dogs, but it's about training people. Yeah. And it actually stick. So I remember when I went to, uh, um, LA uh, to find to get my my business license I save I saved around 300 300 dollars because I thought it was gonna be a lot of money and back then you know I was making very I, w I used to charge ten dollars per dog it was around 1992 yeah. right when I went and get my uh, uh, license to be a business person how did you know that you were good at this I mean you, you saw a need you saw a demand yeah. you went after it yeah and you realized it was gonna stick but were you always good at this Coming from a farm, you have an understanding about how to be with animals without going to school. You have to. It's, it's just it's not in a, an option. It's right? intuitive. Huh? It's intuitive. You have yeah. to uh, understand how to be with chickens. You have to understand how to be with goats. Anything that is around, you have to be. You have to learn how to be with. Right. Yeah. So I knew that I knew something. Plus, I knew that I had a desire. I never in a million years thought that at one point I was going to write books, have magazines, and and you know, uh, TV shows and do world tours and do training Caesar's way, which that's where we are right now at the ranch. And my son is gonna have his own show. So I, that, that never occurred to me. Let's talk a little bit about success. So you've had some success, it's yeah. amazing. Um, you know, people who are watching this show, they're, I'm sure they're at various stages of the business process. Maybe they're just getting started with a startup. Maybe they're halfway through. Maybe they're working for the man and they feel stuck. They want to do something they're really passionate about. What advice would you give them? And maybe let's talk a little bit about how you define success. 
What is your definition of success? Doing what you like best, you know, doing what you love, yeah. that's success. I, I don't measure success by the money I achieve, right, or the TV shows that I accomplish. Success to me is that I'm happy doing what I'm doing even if I will make one dollar. I love the passion there, but what do you say if I'm just playing the other side of the coin? Okay, so that works for a while until you got to pay the rent. Yeah. So what do you say to the people who are super passionate about something but it's just not working out? It's not working now at that time. Yeah. It took a while for me to build, you know, to say I can charge this amount of money, right? Or to say this is what I'm worth in the business world. Yeah. You have to invest in, in understanding. You have to invest in who's your, who's your public, who's your, you know, where would you do better business, right? And so often what happens is people give up because they don't see the, the, the success put into money. You know, I'm not yeah. making money. And often you get discouraged by your own, with people they live with you. Yeah. Because they say, well, you're not making enough money, you got to get a better job. Or get a real job. That happened job. to me. Well, they told me that. Yeah. Get a real job. Yeah. Right? You're only making $10 per dog. <laughs> yeah. And, and you use that to, to, uh, to pay for dog food. Yeah. So I, I, I shouldn't be here if, there, if, it was, uh, if I would have listened to the people that were, you know, closest to me. So how long do you give a good idea before you give up on it? I think it varies, you know, because to me, I can tell you that I became known after three years, right? The world used to, oh, Los Angeles used to call me the Mexican guy who can walk a bag of dogs. <laughs> that was my nickname. That was my title. And yeah. eventually the world called me the dog whisperer. Yeah. Right? But it took three years. And for me, one of my challenges was English. So I didn't speak English when I came to America. Oh, I didn't realize that. No, so no, you I, had to completely oh, relearn no. everything. Yes. No, I jumped the border. You know, I was illegal. Um, so I, it was a lot of obstacles along the way for me. Yeah, you didn't right? know anything about business here in the U.S. You didn't know the language. You didn't know the ropes. That's amazing. I didn't know that. Yeah. So I was illegal doing business in America. <laughs> Plus, I didn't speak English. So you're the, you're the epitome of the American dream. You made it happen. Well, it, the, there is by far the opportunities that America offers for anybody yeah. uh, is something that we don't have in a tour country, right? And, and so they're there. You just have to, you know, just have to go and get it. And so when you come from a tour country, there is no opportunities. So even if you want to go get it, it's, it's impossible. It's unrealistic. Yeah. I think you said something really important. It's subtle. I don't want people to miss it. What I heard you say was it took three years basically for you to get any kind of traction and you didn't give up. And, but you also started small. You know, a lot of people think they've got to have it exactly perfect before they even start their plan, right? Mm. And some people try to bite off more than they, they can chew. But you started, sounds like, little by little and you just gradually built that into something really big. Is that right? Well, when I came to America, I had $100, which I gave it to the coyote. After that, I had no money. Yeah. So I live with a dollar a day. Yeah. You can go to 7-Eleven back then or 8 p.m. and buy two hot dogs for 99 cents. Yeah. And then find out that you can actually refill drinks. Right? So the only thing I needed to do is $1 a day to survive in America. Yeah. Because I already got my refill drink. Yeah. <laughs> you see it? So I, I think the most powerful part about... Uh, people like myself is the desire or the goal or the vision yeah uh, overrule the the survival the hunger yeah you know the environment the uh, your family is not there yeah you see it is it's, it's, it's you can feel it but you can't see it yeah 
So do you think that drive or initiative is something that can be taught? Or do you think it's learned? I think it's, in my case, because every case for me I think is different. Uh, in my case, it was a necessity. Yeah. Right? So being poor trigger the want yeah. to have. And when people have, they lose the, the drive because it's been given to them. Yeah. You know? And so in my case, I didn't have it, therefore I want it. Yeah. It will happen to you along the way. And, and the, the most important part, you know, if I, I, I share with people, it's, it's not the ups, it's the downs. That's when you become wise. This, yeah. this is what makes you stronger. This is what makes you wise. This is what makes you understand yeah. calmness, who your pack is, yeah. meaning your people. Yeah. You know, this is when you learn to trust your instincts a, a lot more and, and, you, and you become more focused. Yeah. You know, three years ago, I lost everything and then I regained it. Now we're going to China, we're going to Brazil, we're going to Mexico, we're going to India. We're going to more places than when I actually had more. So success is a terrible teacher is what you're saying. No, because my interpretation of success is, 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 is just to be happy with what you have. Yeah. Right? So that's, that's my, my, my interpretation of success. Yeah. It's, it's the journey that yeah. is your teacher. Yeah. You see? And in the journey, you have the ups and downs. And so everybody wants to have the ups to call it success. Yeah. But being in a down position is a very uh, successful moment because you get to reflect. Yeah. That's really important too. I think that's a fantastic lesson that you really have to take all these obstacles or challenges as opportunities to learn. That's great. Let's talk a little bit about the opposite side of the coin, which is failure. Mm -hmm. And a lot of people don't like to talk about failure because there seems to be this stigma attached to it. Yeah. But really the reality is you can't have success without it. Well, it doesn't taste the same. It's yeah. like when you're hungry and then you have food and then it tastes really good because you have that experience of not having it. So what are some, you said three years ago you lost everything. Yeah. What, are, what are some of the missteps that happened? What are some of the things that you maybe in hindsight wish you could have done differently? I do and I don't because and then I won't be here, you know, with this intensity and this desire and this yeah. focus and the rear group uh, of people, you know, that you learn to uh, choose your right team, the yeah. team that really matches your core, your constitution, your yeah. principles, your yeah. ideals, your philosophy. You see, I, I wrote a book right after. <laughs> you know, it, it's like... It, you can actually talk more about the failures than, than success. Success gets boring, the failure lasts longer, yeah. and the explanation. Yeah. You know what I mean? In obstacles, my first obstacle of, you know, being poor, jumping the border, not speaking English. I had many obstacles before I had the financial obstacles. This is my first time in life that I actually say I have a financial obstacle because I never had money. Yeah. You know what I mean? So I, it's funny because I always go to... Um, like seminars and things, and uh, you know, like I give sem seminars, I also get seminars. Yeah. So I went to a seminar with Deepak Chopra, and one of the exercises he asked you to do is five things that you would like to achieve in life. And I wrote, I want to learn how to master uncertainty. Mm -hmm. <laughs> it's right? a good one. You know, it, it, because everybody wants to master certainty or achieve certainty. Yeah. And I say, I want to master uncertainty because if I know how to deal with the downs, I'm good. Yeah. And that's when down things start happening. 
So be careful with what you wish for. You know what I mean? Because I wanted to be the best doctor in the world. So that was something that I did. But I also wish it to, to master uncertainty. So to master it, you have to go through it. How are you doing now versus then? Are you getting closer to mastering it? Uncertainty? Yeah. Absolutely. So how did you do that? Maybe give some tips. Because I understand what you're saying yeah. because I've been there too. And for me, part of the process, and I'm far from mastering it, but it's getting comfortable with being uncomfortable. Yeah, that's right. Right? That is. That is exactly, that is exactly the point because I help people. See, my job is to help people that have uncertainty with their relationship and their dogs. Yeah. See it? So I feel comfortable under uncertainty, but I never experienced that personally at this level. What other um, lessons are you pulling from your, um, you know, uh, teaching of dogs and people into your business life? So you just mentioned a really good one. That's helping people manage uncertainty between mm -hmm. them and their and their dog. What other lessons can you pull from that into business? Well, there is laws. You know, it's human law. It's nature law, right? Spiritual laws. Mm -hmm. You know, I I uh, the reason why I actually fail. Is because I broke a law. Which was? Yeah, to trust. Trust. I trust the wrong people. Okay. Right? So you have to trust people that, that, that actually embraces your philosophy. So that I broke a law. It's my responsibility. Yeah. Right? But it doesn't change me from trusting people. Did it you... just makes me more focused yeah. in what people really believe my constitution. Did you break trust or did someone break your trust? Well, it's similar to it. Yeah, you know, it's a similar feeling. It, it's I knew it, I felt it. I didn't do anything about it, okay. right? So I didn't follow my instincts. You know, one of the laws that I teach is follow instincts. Dogs are instinctual, therefore yeah. you can't break that law. <laughs> because part of that whole law of trust, I think, is vulnerability, right? The willingness to be open and the willingness to be hurt or you know, taking advantage of, or whatever the case may be with trust, you've got to put yourself out there knowing that you could be at risk, right? Yeah, so you don't want to be too, uh, like, skeptical, or you don't want to be uh, uh, too, like, guarded, you yeah. know? I, I, I don't live that way, yeah. you know? I, I, it, it hurt me for that moment uh, in time, but then I moved on, and, and, you know, it gave me the opportunity to lead my pack. I wasn't leading the pack business-wise, Mm -hmm. You know, I was leading the television show. I was leading the pack uh, of dogs in that show, but I wasn't leading uh, the financial part of it. Yeah. You see it? So I, I have some responsibilities to that. I'm very trusting. I won't stop trusting people because yeah. I need, I believe that it takes a village to raise a child. It takes a village to, to build a successful business. Yeah. Right? I don't know China, therefore I need somebody in China that knows the psychology how to do business in China. That's right. I know what I want to sell in China, I tell you that. And I know how much money I want, right? But I need a pack member that can help me achieve that goal. Smart. You need a pack. Yeah. You can't, you can't do it by yourself. That's We're really pack-oriented species. You know, so what I learned through this situation is to evaluate, which is what I do with dogs, to evaluate and assist the situation, assess the situation, and then find out and know is this human has the energy, not, not so much the degree, yeah. but the energy that matches me. It's really smart. You see it? Yeah. So thanks to the failure, I became more focused on doing the evaluation myself personally, just like I do with dogs.
I didn't used to hire people personally. Yeah. I just trusted somebody to hire them. Got it. You see it? So this is what this event brought to me. The way you do dogs, you evaluate people. Yeah. It's energy. Yeah. You see what I mean? I work with people who are Harvard graduate, but they can't walk a Chihuahua. A degree doesn't guarantee energy. Right. That's what it says to me. You see what I mean? Yeah. Yeah, you can have whatever degree, but if you don't have that trusting energy, you can't be part of my pack. That's all it is. You can be part of somebody else's pack, but not my pack. Let's talk about your new show. Yeah. So tell us about what that is and what we can expect. Well, after a situation that I went through, I felt the need to create a new show that actually has the mission of saving lives. Caesar Milan is back. And this time, his whispering is giving these dogs a second chance. Remember, it's all about saving a dog's life. He's rehabilitating shelter dogs and playing matchmaker. Our goal is to find the right home for one dog. Picking the perfect pack for each pooch. Like I always say, I rehabilitate dogs. And I train people. So Dog Whisper helped me save relationships, right? And so Leader of the Pack is going to help me save lives, right? Because around the world, 600 million dogs die. In America alone, five million dogs die. Wow. And we are not conscious about it, right? We, we become more like a disposable society. Yeah. We, we utilize the puppyhood stage, and then we get rid of them when they're adolescent because now they're destroying the house. Talk to us a little bit about why people are here and what they're doing with their dogs. Well, one of my dreams, actually this was a dream, you know. Uh, this is a dream, the ranch is a dream. I used to walk in Runyon Canyon. I wanted to buy Runyon Canyon. Yeah. You know what that Runyon Canyon is? Sure. It's right next to the Hollywood sign. But Runyon Canyon is not for sale, <laughs> right? But that's when my intention and my, and my goal, it was to buy a piece of land so I can bring people and learn my way of connecting with a dog. Yeah. And what, so, kind, of, what kind of people come here? Well, the uh, Training Caesar's Way is, is a capacity for 50 people from all over the world. So today we have people from Australia, we always have Canadians, we have people from Colombia, we have people from Puerto Rico, we have people from Mexico, we have people from the Netherlands, yeah. we have people from Germany, so people from all over the world come. And how long is the training? The training lasts five days, it's eight hours a day. You talk, we talk about the five laws, we talk about the ten principles, and the technique how to be the pack leader. Awesome. So we built a pyramid. That's awesome. Can I bring my dog next time? The dog can bring you. <laughs> okay, for a minute. Because <laughs> this is for people. See, we train people. Yeah. Right? The dog is just reflecting what you know. And the energy that you practice, anxiety, fear, nervousness, whatever that, whatever that is. Let's change gears a little bit and talk about what's the most difficult thing you've ever done? Raising my kids. The most difficult thing. Because you, I'd raised many dogs my whole entire life. But this is my first two kids in my life. So I just got this vision of you, like when they're speaking, like, you know, like they're trying to act up. It worked when they were little. Yeah. They're so different, but they're probably a lot like dogs. I think, you know, I think back to my kids and if, if uh, they're out running around and getting a lot of energy out and they come home tired, they're good kids. They stay out of trouble, you know. Well, exercise, discipline, affection is definitely a great formula. Yeah. Right? What, what are you afraid of? I would say personally betrayal. Like, uh, it really uh, bothers me, betrayal. Yeah. You know what I mean? So, it's a discomfortable thing. I don't know if it's fear, but uh, it's, that would be like my most uncomfortable thing. Because I, I would never feel betrayed by a dog, but definitely, you know, a human can absolutely 
uh, do it. So that's why I'm very cautious about choosing the right humans. Yeah. But I'm not afraid, you know. I mean, I'm not afraid of dying. I'm not afraid. Of, that doesn't that doesn't bother me. Yeah. You know. Uh, but I guess it's more like the discomfort of going through a betrayal thing. And that may be back to vulnerability, right? We. Because uh, I trust. You know yeah. what I mean. My business is about trusting. It's about trust, respect, and love. That's that's pretty much the core of what I do. Yeah. I gain the trust from a dog, I gain the respect from a dog, and I give the love for the dog. And you can count on dogs. They don't, they don't betray you, right? Well, because the goal of a dog is happiness in, in a relationship. Yeah. So the goal of a human is not always that, yeah. you know? And so... Ulterior motives and... That's right. We, we have different, yeah, different uh, goals in life. It's not always the preservation of a relationship. Talk to us about more where you get some of your inspiration. Everybody, but definitely, you know, guys like Deepak and, and Tony Robbins and Wayne Dyer and Oprah and Jada Smith and, you know, people they, they, uh, that I know personally, right? They actually make a difference in the world and I love the way they talk and the way they relay, the, the, the way, you know, the way they want to be a contribution to the world. I, I like that, you know, I like, it's, it's, it's contribution than business. And why is that important to you? Because I can make, I can help a lot of people, you know, I yeah. can help a lot of people by being a contribution, right? I help a lot of people telling them that dog needs to walk. I remove a lot of anxiety, I remove a lot of aggression, all because I told a country, let's walk a dog, you know, and rules, boundaries, limitations, and give a dog affection at the right time. I didn't charge in the beginning. You know, I didn't charge. In Mexico, we have a philosophy that if you do something first for somebody else, they will come back, right? I remember my mom going to a market and the guy, they sell the fruits, he always give him pilon. We call it pilon. It means extra things that you just purchased. Mm -hmm. And my mom always came back, always came back, always came back. So I adopted that philosophy and brought it to America. And I told people, I will walk your dog for free. Many people say, no, you're crazy. Nobody does things for free. <laughs> what's, yeah, what's the catch, right? <laughs> what's the, that's right, what's the catch? And to me, it was just to introduce myself that I can walk a dog. What I'm hearing you saying is that it's about generosity. It's about establishing yourself as an expert, you know, kind of proving that you can do what you say you can do um, and opening up doors that way. But to me, it was more about getting the trust of people they don't know me. America didn't know me. I just yeah. jumped the board. I'm illegal. Yeah. As far as I know, he's a Mexican kid living around African American people. So we don't know him. Yeah. You know what I mean? Because I, I started in Inglewood, California. Right? So they didn't know who I was. I didn't speak English. So why would they trust me? Right? Yeah. And so to me, it was more about gaining the trust. Now, the way I did it was being generous or being, you know, basically, you crazy. <laughs> they can call me, they can label that as many things. But my goal was to gain the trust and eventually the respect, and then the loyalty. So actually, 80% of my clients who still have dogs, they're still with me from long time ago. Yeah. You know, Jada became my friend, and, and the person who actually paid for a teacher so I can learn English. Talk to me about how you're engaging with your fans and friends. So, you know, social media is on fire. Yeah. Twitter and Facebook and Instagram and YouTube is just blowing up. Um, do you use those tools to reach out to people and connect with them? We have the second website, the biggest second website uh, of content in the world for dog content, you know, for, for us to, we have around 3 million visitors. And where can people find that? Caesarsway.com. 
And what, what will we find when we go there? I want to create my own canine Facebook, you know, community. Your little social network. My own, my yeah, there is, is there is around a dog, but it's really to uh, to create a community because a dog is the vehicle, mm -hmm. right? So so I asked the guys, can I get a um, a meeting with uh, Mark Zuckerberg? He said, what do you mean? He's busy. <laughs> so they called and he said yes. Wow, awesome. That's right. Does he have a dog? He has a dog. Yeah. So I help him and he helped me to establish so I can create my... I wanted to go with the master. Yeah. Right? I wanted to go with the guy who created this thing. It's funny because he's probably thinking the same thing about you. Absolutely. <laughs> <laughs> it's, what's your intention? What's your emotion? That becomes the outcome. Yeah. That's the formula. Right? Because a lot of people have the intention but they're afraid of... of of, of what's going to happen. Yeah, afraid of being rejected or like maybe it seems impossible. So or... that's not going to happen. Yeah. So you've also got a charitable foundation. Yeah. Talk to us about that. Well, to me, is is education is extremely important. You know, education not just how to rescue a dog, how to rehabilitate a dog, and you know how to find the right home for a dog, and and the understanding of spaying neuter campaigns and why they're important. You know, because we're killing five million. So one way to stop that is spaying neuters. Simple as that. Right. But we it needs to be adopted by a nation. But what I really uh, one thing that we're very, very proud of is a curriculum that we created with Yale University and ourselves to teach kids at a preschool kinder level what grown-ups are learning here. They're learning instincts, empathy, and compassion at an early age. So the next generation will know exactly how to be with a dog. You know, so to me, this is something that, that allows me to contribute to the next generation. Yeah. You know, and to teach kids about the importance of, I mean, once they learn spaying, neuter, and rescuing a dog, yeah. this is what they're going to know. You know, they, they're becoming activists at an early age. Not only that, they're very knowledgeable about it. So the foundation for me is definitely our pack leader of our organization. For me, you know, because we are, we're making sure we are given something. Yeah, you know, before we ask for anything. So that to me is a good, it's a good, um, it's a good uh, formula uh, from a spiritual success, from an emotional success. You know, in instinctually, uh, it feels good. Intellectually, to me, is 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 where the money lives. Yeah, it's a rational, is the mathematics. Yeah, you know, but I believe in giving before you ask for things. Well, it does come back around. Because a dog is that way. See, if you if you understand the spirit of a dog, a dog is always, what can I do for you? Want to please it, right? Now, always. Yeah. So to me, the foundation is actually embracing the spirit of a dog. And then the human uh, way of influence, which is is the whole business aspect of it, mm -hmm. you know? And so it's, let me give you something and then let me do business with you. You see, so this becomes our pack leader. Yeah, I love it. Maybe in closing, tell me... Um, Tell me one of the things that you're most proud of, something that you've accomplished, you feel really good about. I am proud that I recover my sense of uh, this drive that I was, that I was born, you know, the passion. I'm proud of that right now. It's all about living in the moment, you know. What's going to happen in the future is created by how you feel in the moment, in my opinion, right? Yeah. I don't like to hold on to things in the past, but I'm really proud that I managed... Uh, to come back to this state of mind, oh, it's almost like I'm behind the border again, and my goal is to jump the border and achieve this again. But now, uh, I don't have any borders. The only border is me, because I'm an American citizen now. I can do yeah. business all over the world. You know, you didn't give up. And sometimes that can be, you know, 
failure or a setback could be devastating to someone and they just they hang it up. No, and, I did give up. Yeah. It was a moment in my life where I give up. It was a moment in my life where I feel I'm, the, I'm a failure. Absolutely. But then I came back. That's the thing. Yeah. So because I, I, I know what that means, you know, now, I know how not to go back there. Yeah. There's a saying, takes one to know one. Yeah. I mean, the, the worst thing we can do is not to embrace what's happening at that time because yeah. we want to suppress it. You know, yeah. we don't we don't want to be seen as failures. Yeah. You know, we want to be right. And sometimes we're going to be wrong. You know, so it's how, it's how to manage that inner voice that, that most of the time is what holds you back. Yeah. You know what I mean? It's, 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 the older you get, the more you understand management. You learn to manage your emotions. You learn to manage your state of mind. You learn to prioritize things that really make you happy first and foremost, yeah. you know, but at the same time, the world becomes a place where you play. You see it? And so once it becomes, uh, you got to go to work, you're not playing anymore. Yeah. Do you know what I mean? So yeah. I'd, I'd rather see that as a game. How do I get there? I don't have a degree, but I have a desire. Yeah. You see what I mean? And that's more powerful than a degree for me. I always tell my kids, if you don't have a degree, you can always hire brains. But you have to have a desire. Yeah. But before the desire, you need to have your constitution in place. You need to be honest. You need to have integrity. And you need to project loyalty. Yeah. That to me is very important. It's true. I mean, that desire, no one gives it to you. You have to take it. You have to have it, yeah. Yeah. yeah, yeah. You have to want it. You have to uh, create, you create it. You know? Yeah. And then what you do with it. Yeah. You know, and understand the ups and downs as part of it. You know, it, it, you can't, you can't go away from that. You can't. That's just what it is. Yeah. So some things are just the law. Like I say, some things is the natural law. Yep. So you got to go up and down. Just know. Yep. So that way it's easier to go through, through the experience. Yeah, it should be no surprise that there's going to be setbacks and obstacles and people in your way or even people trying to harm you. That's just life. So since you know that this is going to happen, have a team in mind already. Yeah. That's why I have my Deepak Chopra, my Wayne Dyer, my Jada Pink. It's, yeah. You know, I have that Your support team. system. That's right. Yeah. The, the people they have gone through. Yeah. Or the people they can give you some encouragement spiritually or emotionally. Yeah. You know, you, know, you have to have your good lawyer. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Well, that's what this show is about. And you're one of those kind of guides along the way. And I really appreciate your comments. So... We've been spending a few minutes with world-renowned dog behavioralist and entrepreneur Cesar Milan. Cesar, thanks so much for being part of the show. Thanks for coming here.